Hello and welcome into Empire Sports Talk. This is Max O'Neill alongside Jeremy Losak. Uh, and so today we're going to do an MLB season preview, Jeremy, from all angles. Um, of course, you know, breakout players, division by division picks, playoff picks, award winners, everything in between. But before we get that started, Jeremy, we got to talk about where we've been why this is Empire Sports Talk 2.0 rather than Empire Sports Talk, the original. Um, and so last week I was thinking about uh working on or I was thinking about recording a MLB season preview podcast and getting that started and such. And I discovered that for some reason my account through Anchor, which has been bought by Spotify, just didn't exist anymore. I tried logging in through my email. I tried logging in through Facebook, tried logging in through Google. None of it was working. I was the, the old podcast was through my Facebook account and just, it just wasn't showing up. And so, and the podcast is still showing up on Apple podcasts, but not Spotify. And so I said, what the hell? Um, and I reached out to Spotify and they didn't help me very much. And so I reached out to Spotify. And finally, um, I was told that it was because of a use of a license song, um, I believe is what they said. Um, and the very first episode, if you go back on Apple Podcasts and listen to it, the first 10 seconds or so um, are... Empire State of Mind um, by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. That has that was changed in every subsequent episode. But with that being said, that I believe is why they took down the podcast. It is um frustrating to uh keep it polite. Um and I have reached out and complained for an hour at least last Thursday about it and got it higher up the food chain. And they just sent me an email this morning um, about it that said they're still looking into it. And so we'll see um, what happens um, with that. But right now, this is Empire Sports Talk 2.0. If we get the old account back, this will be the only episode of Empire Sports Talk 2.0. If we don't, this will be the first of many episodes of Empire Sports Talk 2.0. And so... Let's just jump into the baseball now that that explanation is out of the way, Jeremy. No, Jay-Z strikes again. The Empire yeah. strikes back. <laughs> that was a good one. That was, I got to give you credit. That was a good one. <laughs> it, 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 it's opening day. The, ju- the creative juices are flowing. Yes. Happy opening day, everybody. Today we are recording this at almost 10 a.m. on Thursday, March 30th. 10 a.m. Um, Central Time, almost 11 a.m. Um, Jeremy Losak's Eastern Time. Um, for those of you that don't know, Jeremy is a professor at Syracuse University, so he's a big brain. Uh, call a big brain in the comments. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I try, you know. One, one. I, I refrained from playing sports as a kid, so I didn't get hit in the head. I, I, I didn't suffer the same brain damage. I think a lot of the youth of America experience playing sports. So here I am. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> but, but yeah, I'm 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 excited for some opening day. I'm excited for opening day. I'm excited that baseball's back. Um, I mean, it's been back for a month thanks to the WBC. It's been back and it was awesome. Uh, but I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to go. Speaking of the WBC, very quickly, did you see that terrible take from? Um, I think we spoke about this, but did you see that terrible take from uh, Mad Dog? Yeah, I did. I don't know. I my 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 default is to say that anybody that overreacts to anything is inherently wrong. So any, you know, I me, I think I I think I mentioned this to you off air, but media tends to uh, oversell things, for lack of a better phrase. And I think Mad Dog's comments, which were the most elegant, eloquently expressed, had the sentiment that, hey, look, this wasn't the greatest thing ever, and yet it's being sold like that. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. And, um, you know, I, 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 I don't disagree with that sentiment. I, I don't know how necessary it was at that time. I mean, WBC was awesome, right? WBC was awesome. And any... Any anybody who claims otherwise is just not a fan of baseball, right? I, I mean that's, I mean that's, and and this is coming from a Mets fan that lost Edwin Diaz. I mean yes, I I'd love to have not lost Edwin Diaz, but I'll take the WBC, irregardless of that. I so, agree. Or as far as I'm concerned, um, yeah, you agree. But the Yankees barely sent anyone to the WBC this 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 time around. So okay, you know, and I think. If let's just say for the sake of this discussion, Aaron Judge got hurt playing for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic, would I be upset? Obviously, I mean you know no shit. But you you'd have pitchforks down in Miami or Arizona trying to burn the whole thing to the ground. What are you? Who are you? Who are, what are you? What are you talking about? Oh, I love the WBC. You, you would bring the mob and and all of that. I love the WBC. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, but so let's jump into it here. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about today, Jeremy, it's uh, MLB division by division picks, starting with the AL East. Who you got with in the AL East? Oh, I, I want to say the Blue Jays. I really want to say the Blue Jays. I mean, they, they have all the freaking talent in the world on offense to get it done. Uh, but I mean, on paper, at least, the Yankees are the best team in that division. And Honestly, I'm not sure if it's that close. I mean, even with the injuries they've had on their pitching side, um, the depth that they have in that rotation is is pretty elite. It's probably a top three or four rotation in baseball, if not if not number one, honestly. It's it's certainly one of the best in baseball, and their offense is very well-rounded. And I mean, it, that, that has the making to be probably a World Series favorite, one of the World Series favorites. I mean, you got to go with the Yankees, but the Blue Jays doing finally winning the division is certainly not out of the question. Yes. I think, um, I, you know, me, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. Um, I love the Yankees. I am worried about the Yankees this year, to be honest. I really am because tell me right now, how did they improve the, offense from the one that got embarrassed by the Houston Astros last October. I don't you'll have a healthy you'll have a healthy Harrison Bader. That I mean he's he's not he's not irrelevant by any stretch of the imagination. You're calling up Anthony Volpe. 
he's he certainly has the chance to be dynamic. Um, I think Anthony Volpe he, is really good, but I mean, you know. And I think well, I mean think division, by the way, and win a hundred games. I wrote down record predictions for every team as well. I think they're gonna go 162. So yeah, I mean, last year the Yankees finished baseball or finished the American League number one in runs. So I don't think their run production is is something that you should be overly concerned about. I mean, you could talk about the playoffs. You could talk about the playoffs all you want, but it's it's a crapshoot, right? So I mean, at least in terms of winning the division and and getting to the playoffs, I again they're they're probably the best one of the probably if not the best team in the American League, certainly one of the best teams in the American League. Yes, but I think with the run production that was heavily influenced, obviously, by 62 home runs from Aaron Judge, I believe, you know, as much as, obviously, if he hits another 62 home runs this year, I'll be very happy, and I'll come back on this podcast with you in November and say I was wrong. But I think it is just natural to expect him to have a little bit of a uh, regression to the mean I think 45 is more realistic. Give me like a 45 sure. home run season. Sure. But on the flip, I expect Glaber to show continue to show improvement. So I expect to see increased production from Glaber. Um, we, we already mentioned Volpe, um, which certainly helps. We talked about, I think, having a full season of Harrison Bader once he is fully healthy, I think will be a, a nice addition to the team. So, yeah. so I mean, I think I think there is... There, yes, Aaron Judge will not repeat last season. Like that was pinnacle Aaron Judge. But I think there is a lot of upside in this Yankees offense. I mean, injuries, injuries could hurt anybody, but I think the Yankees are well situated to deal with those. Um, and I think they're again, they're they're loaded. I, I coming from someone who has an internal despise for the Yankees, um, I wouldn't be concerned as a Yankees fan. And I'm excited to see um, – I'm really excited to see Carlos Rodon. I, you know, he was a huge signing. I'm excited to – I love Rizzo. I, you know, Judge is my guy. I'm excited to see his team. And in two hours, whether I'm at my office or I'm here at my home, I'll be, you know, working, obviously, um, and watching the New York Yankees because – it's opening day. It's a national holiday. I've said this to you a hundred times. I'll say it to you a hundred more times. If I was president of the United States, the first thing I would do is make opening day a national holiday. There we go. I I would I would I would sign that. I would I would vote for Max O'Neill twenty. I don't know when you'd be eligible to run for president, but <laughs> Max O'Neill twenty XX fill in the X's. Uh, besides, okay, besides the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Uh, I mean, it, you don't ever want to discount the Tampa Bay Rays because they're the Tampa Bay Rays, but I I, can't, I just I don't see them being nearly as competitive this year as they've been in past years. I I mean they they, they there's 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 certainly upside in that offense. If Wanda Franco could remind us why we went googly eyes over him a couple of years ago, I think he could be that could certainly be a, a huge piece to this. And if Randy Arozarena builds on his star power that he built during this WBC and, and kind of past playoff production. I mean, Randy Rosarina has the, has the opportunity to really carry this offense too, but 
there's a lot of holes on the Tampa Bay race. I, I, I can't see them being competitive. I can't see the Red Sox being competitive. I mean, they'll be competing for 500 more so than a playoff spot. I and agree. then the real wild card, the real wild card, all this is the Orioles, right? I mean, they're, they're the team everyone wants to see do well. Yes, I think um, I have the Jays finishing in second to the Orioles finishing in third, actually, at 87 and 75. The uh, Rays finishing in fourth. And then the Red Sox finishing at uh, in fifth in last place in the division at 79 and 83. So an under 500 season for the Red Sox would make me happy. I'm not going to lie. That sounds about right. I wouldn't I – wouldn't, uh... I certainly wouldn't dismiss that. Red Sox have sneaky playoff opportunities too, though. I mean, they're 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 filled with so many veterans that if they're pitching, they're veteran pitchers. If Chris Sale remembers how to beat Chris Sale, um, you know, Corey Kluber is Corey Kluber. You know, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunity for this team. There, there is a there is a path for the Red Sox to be a competitive team. It's just one of those where a lot of things have to go right. Yeah. Um, and then, so you got rid of the Central. Central's tough. Can I, can, I, can I just say it doesn't matter who wins the Central because they'll get a bounce in the first round of the playoffs anyway? Like, is it, can, that be, can, I, can that be my pick for the Central? It doesn't matter? Struggle Give me your answer. I guess it would be the Guardians, but... I mean, the Guardians, Twins, and White Sox are pretty much all in that, are, are all within probably a winner or two of each other projection-wise. They're probably also only a handful of games projected above 500. I mean, with the new schedule that we have this year in baseball, with the with the more balanced schedules, you're you're there might not be a single team in the AL Central with an above 500 record when all yeah, said and done. It's it's very possible. It is very possible that all of those te- that the that the winner of that division will have 80, 80 to eighty two wins. Very possible. I mean, these are bad baseball. Teams. I mean, each team has something that the Cle- uh, Cleveland's pitching is elite, but their offense is leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, the White Sox they have plenty of talents. They have plenty of talent, but there's just so many question marks on that team. Uh, the Twins are kind of in the same boat. I mean, Carlos Correa. Signing, re-signing keeps them in the relevance category, um, but they name more than one pitcher on that team, right? And then I mean, the Royals and Tigers are relevant, so we can ignore them. Yes, for all intents and purposes. I think I have the Guardians winning the division with a ninety and seventy-two record. The only team I have, I have the last three teams in the division finishing under five hundred or or exactly 500. I have the White Sox finishing 81 and 81, the Royals finishing 75 and 87, and the Tigers finishing 70 and 92. Uh, I think those win totals are a little high across the board. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if, if, if honestly, my, my expectation is that there's going to be at least four teams under 500 in that division. And there will be, there will be a 100 loss team in that division unequivocally. Will probably be the Tigers. There will be a one, at least one, if not two hundred lost teams in that division. I don't think that they're going to be the worst team in baseball. I have other teams that I think are going to be significantly worse. I think, just to spoil things for two seconds, I think the worst team in baseball this year will be the Reds, fifty-seven to one hundred five. They are, um, 
I think they are in my standings. They are one of one, two, four teams that finished with at least a hundred losses, alongside the Athletics, the Nationals, and the Rockies. And the, yeah, this will uh, be another, actually. This will be another one of those years where there's multiple hundred win teams and multiple hundred loss teams, and I I don't disagree with your assessment. Um, that that there will be. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't I I there's gonna be, I don't know if the, how much competition there's gonna there's not gonna be much of a middle class this year in baseball, in my expectation. There's gonna be a really crummy race for the wild card, but we'll we'll talk about all that later. I think yes. that's 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 more to come there. Uh, um, and so give me your uh, winner of the AL West. Winner of the AL West. I think I'm going. Ah, I keep going back and forth because I think the Mariners. Are really good and i think the mariners are going to i i, I want to say they are, they're going to surprise a lot of people but actually i don't think they are going to surprise a lot of people um because i think a lot of pundits are actually expecting them to go pretty far this year so i think i'm going to pick the mariners to win the division i think the mariners are my pick too um houston is certainly going to be in the discussion and the angels flip a coin whether they're going to be even in the discussion but uh, I think this is the Mar- I think this is the Mariners' year. I mean, their offense ha- is certainly has a lot of talent at the top. I love the Tiascar Hernandez uh, acquisition. I thought that was a great move for that team. Um, their pitching with Logan Gilbert is is really strong. Um, and they have a lot of nice young talent. Um, they have a lot of really good depth too. So I mean, the I'd say the Mariners are probably my pick, but. I mean, the Astros are the Astros, so they'll probably win it just by default. Yeah, I think I got the Astros winning it. I think um, Christian Javier and Fran Valdez are just going to slot right into that rotation where um, where Verlander used to be. Obviously, I know two people replacing one, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, I think Altuve will be back soon. Um and he's going to be back to being, you know, Altuve. I think they are one of the best teams in baseball, and they will be for many years to come. And I think they're going to win the division. Um, pretty- you know, I'm act- I'm actually concerned about Houston's pitching. Um, I mean, I I think they're. Rel- I mean, Fram Framber Valdez is is good. Christian Javier is good. I think they've gotten a little overhyped. I don't. I don't think that that starting pitching is is going to be as good as I think some people expect. Um, I mean, the Houston pitcher factory has showed, has certainly helped to grow those guys, but I, I don't know. I, the, the projections aren't as flashy on the Astros pitching as I think some pundits are. And I don't know. Again, they, they have a lot, they have a lot to prove. They have a lot to prove and I'm not overly, I'm not overly optimistic, frankly. Okay. So, uh, I mean, but but that offense, yeah, but that offense is dynamic, right? Give me Jordan Tucker any day of the week. Uh, Jeremy Pena might be the biggest wild card of that team, frankly. I think he's going to be good again. Um, so I guess we'll see. We'll see. I think Jeremy but, Pena is you know, really good again. Sorry to interrupt you. My bad. Yeah. No, I was gonna. I was gonna jump over to the Angels. Um, because aren't they the, aren't they the, 
the team that you're either rooting for if you want them to, if you want to see Otani and if you want to see a repeat of the World Baseball Classic, then you want the, and you're rooting for the Angels. And if if you want Otani traded to your team, you're rooting against the Angels, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the the, the underlying theme there. But the Angels are, again, once again, they're interesting. They, they had another offseason where they broadened a bunch of interesting arms to try to patchwork that pitching staff. And it hasn't worked before, and we'll see if it works now. There's the pitching is still a pretty massive issue on that team. Um, yes. So. Um, I think, yeah, I have the Mariners finishing in second in that division, and then the Angels finishing in third at eighty-eight and seventy-four, and making the playoffs as the third wild card team. Um, I can see that. I can see that. I think, I think the Angels have wild card potential. I think the Mariners have wild card potential. I think the Texas Rangers have wild card potential. Um, pretty much anyone that's not the Oakland Athletics has wild card potential in that division. Um, you know, the rain. This is this is going to be a put up or shut up year for the Rangers. I agree. If, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't make the play, if they don't at least sniff the wild card, they're going to have to break it all down and I don't know how well received that's going to be I agree um I will say though a healthy Jacob deGrom would be quite nice yes um I think yeah I think the Rangers are going to be okay but they're not going to make the playoffs I think the A's are going to be as I said earlier with the 100 loss comment I think they're going to be god awful um and I am feeling the pressure a little bit to make my way out to Oakland to see a game there before they move. Yeah, because who wouldn't want to see a game in the toilet bowl, right? It's a, it's just one of the list. Just got to check off the list and put it on the list and say this sucked or this was underratedly good. Who knows? Well, you could probably find a, a ticket sitting in the gutter somewhere. Probably. I mean, have you ever seen that meme of uh, with the broken car window and, you know, somebody left eight tickets in my car? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but so who you got with the NL East? I think the NL East actually is going to be probably the best division in baseball. I have four of the five teams winning at least 90 games. Winning at least 90 games? Yes. Wow. Well, I assume the Marlins are your fourth team. So let's start with them first before I give you my answer. What makes you think the Marlins are winning 90 games? I think Jazz Chisholm is going to be good again. I think I'm the biggest fan of Sandy Alcantara. I think he's going to be really good. Like, if you told me right now, at this very moment in time, Jeremy, that Sandy Alcantara was trained as the New York Yankees, I would run around my house screaming and going crazy. Like, I am a huge fan of him. I think Jesus Lozardo is going to have a pretty decent season. Um, I think their bullpen is going to kind of be the biggest weakness on the team, but I think Luis Arias is going to be pretty good. Um, I think they're going, to be, they're going to be carried, and I mean, this is obviously no surprise to anybody, but I think they're going to be carried by Chisholm and Alcantara to 90 wins. So let's play a game of true or false. True or false, Alcantara was on the Marlins last year and pitched basically a full season. True. 
Jazz Chisholm. Well, I guess he was Probably. hurt, wasn't he? Jazz was hurt. For was, the most he? Part. was he? I don't even remember. Uh, so let's we'll, we'll say uncertain because I don't know whether or not Jazz was hurt or not. But moral of the story is the Marlins last year won 69 games. So you're expecting a 21 game improvement. Um, and that's with that's with um, Al, uh, Alcantara, right? So yeah. the question the question is, where are they picking up 21 wins? Even if Jazz wasn't healthy, that's not going to make up the gap. Luzardo can, I guess, help him win a couple games more. Uh, Luis Arias, sure, but you lost Pablo Lopez, and he was a significant part of that rotation. So I don't see where 21 wins comes from, given how weak this offense is. I mean, this is not a good offensive baseball team. Um, they have good pitching, and they've had good pitching the last few years, but they don't. I mean, I, I guess if you want to throw in Chaz's name, I mean, that's that's their offense right there. So yeah. I, I just I don't I don't see where they're scoring runs and how they're winning much, many games, honestly. I think they're going to win games because I think that rotation is going to win them games. I think pitching with, you know, the old adage, whatever, that pitching wins championships, obviously they're not going to win a championship. I mean, you know, I'm not drunk here. But, they, you know, I think they're going to go 90 and 72. I think they're going to be a good baseball team this year. Okay, so I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold this to you later on when we pick our wild card winners because if you win 90 games, it's really hard not to make the wild card. So, well, especially if you have, especially given how top heavy you're having these win totals be on the East. We'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, jumping in on some of the other teams in the East, we can ignore the Nationals because they're not playing to win this year. Um, yeah, you have four is what I have the Nationals record, by the way. I, I could see that that that's improvement. They had they were fifty five and one hundred seven. All right, yes, they were fifty five and one hundred seven last year. So that'd be improvement. I don't know if they get to fifty wins. Wow. I, they they might they they are a really 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 bad baseball team. I mean, really bad, and the prospects just aren't as exciting as they should be for a team that's re- that's that's sold away a lot of players. So yeah. there's a lot to not like about that team present and future. Um, okay, but let's go Let's go to the three-headed juggernaut. Braves, Mets, Phillies. It's yes. tough. I mean, the Braves are just such a well-rounded team. And they are a very, they have a very, lo- they have a very high floor. Even if things go wrong for the Braves, they're going to win 90 games. That's kind of the bottom line. They're, they're, their depth is insane. Um, they lose one, they lose a two-war player or a three-war player. They'll just plug in another two or three-war player. Yes, I mean their their depth. They, I mean their depth is insane. Their pitching is deep, even if it's not as high end as 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 some of the other rotate as like the Mets, for example. That is incredibly front loaded. I mean Spencer Strider is amazing. Max Free, amazing, and that's that's just two of. I mean, heck, their their fifth starter, Jared Schuster, could turn out to be a legitimate piece in that rotation. So I mean that 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 rotation is 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 scary. That offense is scary. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't I don't like that they didn't re-sign Dansby. Honestly, I I think uh, Oswaldo Arcia taking over the mantle at shortstop is going to be a huge downgrade for that team. But they, their offense. I mean, last year we didn't get a hundred percent Acuna. This year we should, right? So this is a team that should produce. Sean Murphy is a really strong underrated catcher. Matt Olson is is just reliable, frankly. 
young, reliable, maybe. I guess he's not really that old, but I mean, the Braves are going to make the playoffs in their best case scenario and honestly in their worst case scenario. So the Braves have that ceiling. The Phillies and Mets don't have that ceiling. The Phillies, if things go wrong, it will go wrong. Um, their rotation, they have they have good arms in their rotation, but it's not a deep rotation. It's not, it's they don't have as much depth as I think you'd want to have in today's world. Um, but Zach Wheeler is a strong number one, and Aaron Zach Wheeler and Aaron Anola are strong one A and one B types. Um, so that's, I mean, it's a good rotation. It's a good rotation, and it's a strong offense, especially when Bryce Harper gets back. Uh, so the Phillies, but again, injuries can kill the Phillies and defense. The new shift rules are going to kill the Phillies more than I think any other team. I mean, they were already struggling defensively, and now you have to now wow. they have to play more defense because now they have to play more defense. You need better defensive players under the under the new the the elimination of the shift. With the shift, you could hide some defensive deficiencies. Now you can't, which which exposes the Phillies even more so than it had before. So that's true. This is not this is not this is a lot can go wrong for the Phillies and the Mets. You know they've spent enough money where they could withstand a couple injuries because they actually they, they their rotations probably set, uh, eight guys deep in terms of players you wouldn't mind starting a major league game. Their offense is really well balanced. Pete Alonso could be an MVP candidate if things go right for him. Um, Jeff McNeil and Brandon Nimmo are strong players to have in that lineup. Uh, Francisco Lindor is also an MVP candidate. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot to like about this offense. Um, it's, it's not going to put up the eye-popping run production that the Yankees are, for example, or the Braves are, or even the Phillies. But if you match that up with who they have anchoring that rotation, Kodai Senga is probably, in my opinion, going to win rookie of the year. Um, shouldn't be, none of, none of the, none of the, none of the 30 plus year old Japanese players should be eligible for rookie of the year, but they are. Um, and he, he's electric. I mean, he is absolutely electric. So he's your third starter. It's, it's unfair. You lose the Grom and somehow your rotation's better this year than it was last year, which is just scary. So who, who am I picking? I guess I'm picking the Braves, but I mean, it's all the Braves and Mets are definitely are almost surely making the playoffs and the Phillies are probably making the playoffs. So it doesn't really matter all too much what the ordering is. I think yes. I think, I think this division could easily come down to the last day of the season. Like I think, that's how good this division will be. I have in the Braves winning the division by one game over the Mets. I have them winning one, going one hundred two and sixty. The Mets going one hundred one and sixty one. Like I think, that's how tight this division will be. Um, and then the Phillies coming in third at ninety six and sixty six. Um. I think the thing that's going to hurt the Phillies the most and why they aren't up there in the 100-win category is the Bryce Harper injury. I think the outside of Nola Wheeler, I don't know how great that rotation is. I like Ranger Suarez. I like Tawan Walker. Um, but, you know, I don't really – and in the bullpen, I think Craig Kimbrell is, you know, an old fart. Um, Phillies bullpen's quite good, though. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, um, yes. those are those are those are really nice options to turn to. You know, I think the Reese Hoskins injury is going to really hurt them. Um, 
I think Trey Turner is going to be really, really good, though. He is actually, just to spoil it a little bit, he's my pick for National League MVP because he absolutely went crazy during the uh, World Baseball Classic. <laughs> a little bit of recency bias in there, but we, we'll we we'll talk about that. Um, I think Turner might have one of the most, might have the best season, statistical season of his career. I don't know if he'll put up the raw counting stats that you need to win MVP because of the, the type of game that he plays. Unless he sells out for the home run, which he very well might playing in Philadelphia now, uh, which would be a detriment to his overall game, honestly. Uh, but unless he does that and puts up a 30 home run season, I don't know if, well, despite the fact that he plays great defense and he'll have an overall strong off, I just don't know if it'll be, I don't know if it'll, it'll be gaudy enough to garner MVP in like the traditionalist, like counting stat perspective. So we'll get to that soon, but um, who you got in the NL Central? Oh, that's easy. It's the it's the Cardinals. It has to be the Cardinals. I, I mean, I, you can make a you can make a case for the Brewers, and you could make a jokingly case about the Cubs, um, but it's it's the Cardinals. I mean, you can't you can't start with. I mean, you're starting with Nolan Arenado and and Paul Goldschmidt, right? And you're you're starting with those two. It's kind of unfair. Tommy Ed, Tommy Edmond is is a good offensive player. Uh, Lars this, 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 Lars Newbar is a cult hero. Um, I, I don't know if Lars Newbar is actually going to be that legit, but for now, at least he has a cult following, so we have to respect that. Um, there's a lot of questions on this Cardinals team. So, the, unlike the AL Central, where everyone was trash. The NL Central, pretty much everyone's trash too, but there's at least a respectable team in the Cardinals and a very, very strong pitching staff in the Brewers. So, I mean, it's the Cardinals' division to lose. The Brewers, if they don't sell off all their pitching, which, you know, if things go awry, they might. Um, but they, the Brewers have the pitching to, stay, to hang around, kind of like last year. But, I mean, this is the Cardinals' division. This is the Cardinals division to lose. I agree. I have the Cardinals winning the division with a uh, 90 and 72 record. You're going to, I mean, you know, you're going to drug test me right now, but I got the cup <laughs> in second. I think Dansby Swanson is, is going to win them at least two or three extra games. Um, okay. I, they, they, 74 wins last year. 74 wins last year. So two more wins. That's 76. Keep going. Um, I think Marcus Stroman is, you know, going to help them out. I think they overpaid tremendously, tremendously for Javis and Tyone. I don't think Javis and Tyone's very good. Um, I think uh, Javis and Tyone. Javis and Tyone is like is 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 like one of my low key fantasy steals this year. Uh, just leaving the Yankees and going to Chicago, he's going to look like a Cy Young candidate and piss off every Yankees fan. But that that's... happens a lot, so probably. Hayden uh, <laughs> Wisniewski, I, I like him. I think he's going to be pretty good. I wish we didn't trade him. Um, Trey Mancini, I think he's going to have a good year in Chicago. I really do. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be nice for him to bounce back. That, that'd be nice because he, he really struggled last year, especially after the trade. And here's a take that you're going to think I am – just insane for. I think Cody Bellinger is going to bounce back. 
I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. Um, it's 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 certainly not impossible. I think it's more likely he he bounces back and then the Cubs flip him at the deadline. I, I think that's that. the more likely scenario, frankly, because um, I, I agree that there's there's definitely some bounce back opportunity there. You want to know who I want to talk about? I want to talk about the Cincinnati Reds Why? because the best because the best player on that team is not even on that team right now. I had I had the opportunity to see their top prospect Ellie De La Cruz play in a couple of spring training games and minor league games. He is dynamic. In, I mean, if, if he was on the major league roster now, he would probably be their best hitter. The only reason he's not is because he strikes out way too much. But when he puts bats to ball, I mean, he is fast. He is electric. That's if, 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 if he has a decent minor league season, he might get a late season call up. He's someone that's worth turning and tuning into to watch because he's fun. He is a fun player. Is he, uh, so you think he's going to be a September call up? I think it's possible. I mean, he's still young. And I think he's, I think he's starting the season at double A. So, I mean, there's still room for him to, to, to kind of work his way up, um, getting more at bats, but he, he doesn't get the, the top, like the, the, like the, the same hype that the top five prospects are getting, but this time next year, I'd be kind of surprised if he wasn't one, two or three in all of the preseason ranking lists next year, prospect ranking lists. Because he is just such a dynamic, I mean, he's he's a star. He is unequivocally going to be a star player. Well, he'll either be an unequivocal star player, or he's going to be one of the most disappointing busts I've ever seen. Those are the two outcomes for him. There's there is no in between. There is no scenario in which he's like has a modest career. He's either going to be a superstar, or he's going to be a complete and utter disaster. So okay. we'll see. Now, give me give me. Give me, give me Ellie Dilla Cruz. I wish he was in the majors now, honestly. I mean, he still he still needs more development time, but he would instantly be the best player on that team. I have them being uh, the worst team in baseball. Um, I have them being going 57 and 105. Well, you know, I did say that a prospect in double A would immediately be the best player on their team. That does say something. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh -huh. And then I think another division that I think is going to be really tight, um, but very, I think this division, I think the NL West is going to be top heavy. And then once you get past the Dodgers coming in second, it's going to be a bad division. It could be. I mean, it could be. I mean, I guess it has to be since you gave four teams in the East 90 wins. So those losses have to come from somewhere. Um <laughs> But the, I mean, we all think the Padres are going to be really good and they should be really good. And Juan Soto should be the best player in baseball this year, at least in the I National agree. League. He should be. Uh, he should be. I mean, he's that incredible. Um, I agree. I mean, his plate, his plate discipline and, and plate awareness and just understanding of the strike zone is far and away. If there was, if, if, if there was a percentile scale, you couldn't even say he's 99th percentile because that would the gap between him and number two is so increasing, crazy, crazy large that's saying 99th percentile just isn't fair. Yeah. Um, 2080 scouting scale plate awareness, he's a 90. So, I mean, it, it really is just, just incredible. So, I mean, the Padres should, they, they should be the, they should run away, they should run away with that division. It shouldn't even be close. I mean, as I much as the Dodgers. 
or as so. much as the Dodgers have had success in the last few years, they've lost a significant amount of talent. Um, I mean, losing Trey Turner was a huge loss, and they didn't bring anybody in really to replace that. Um, and and they're and they're and they're and they Clayton Kershaw keeps getting older, and they haven't they haven't really added to that team. And again, there's 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 reason, and they lost Justin Turner, who was a fairly dependable piece at third base. Um, there's there's a lot there's a lot that goes that should that should make the Dodgers a less. They shouldn't win a hundred. They definitely shouldn't win a hundred games next year. They won one hundred eleven last year. They shouldn't sniff a hundred this year. I think they will sniff hundred, though. Honestly, I think I have them finishing in second. I have the Padres running away with the division, as we said. I think they're the most talented team in baseball right now. One hundred eight and fifty four. I got the Dodgers going one hundred three and fifty nine. Um, All right, here's my take: the Dodgers will be closer to third place, and they will be to first place in the NL West this year. Oh, that's an interesting take. Huh. Um, I think, and I don't know if third place, I was going to say, I don't know if third place will be the Giants or the Diamondbacks. I think there's things to like about both of those teams. Um, so I don't know if I, if you, if you put a gun to my head, I'm, I would say the Diamondbacks are probably the slightly better roster. Um, and Corbin Carroll is going to be a fun player to watch this year. But I mean, I, yeah, I, I could see both of those teams teams finishing within the low 80s in terms of win total, and the Giants and the Dodgers finishing in the high 80s, low 90s, and the Padres finishing well over 100. I think the Giants are one of the most fascinating teams in baseball history because in an alternate universe, we could be sitting here talking about them challenging the Padres division. Like I genuinely think that that's true. But there, it's, it's, the Giants are the island of misfit toys. I think that's the best way to kind of think about them, right? And we've seen that movie before. We've seen that be successful. We've seen the Giants do it successfully, right? We've seen the Giants win 100 games with that sort of roster. We have. Yes. But we've also seen that same Giants roster last year win 81 games. So it's not, I mean, which Giants team will we see this year? I, I think their error bound in projections is so crazy wide that it's hard to peg them. It really is. I think they're going to win 81 games again. I think, as I said, I think you know, they could be challenging if they had successfully signed Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa. They would have. They would be challenging the Padres for uh, the most wins in baseball this year. I genuinely do, but they didn't. They signed Arson Judge and not Carlos Correa, and Carlos Correa for five minutes, not five years. Um, and so I think that they're gonna finish in third. I got the Diamondbacks finishing in fourth, and the Rockies finishing in fifth. And I think the Rockies are a team with no future and no present. And I don't know if I was a Rockies fan, what I could look forward to. Yeah, I could certainly see that. I could certainly, I mean, the Rockies are not a good team. <laughs> Ezekiel Tovar will be fun to watch. So he's probably, he might be the next coming of Trevor Story on that team. He's, he'll be a fun, I think it's certainly possible. Um, he's, 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 he's going to be a good short. He's going to be a, a, an above average shortstop in the majors this year, in my opinion. And that's a high bar given how deep shortstops are. 
Um, he's going to be, uh, especially on with the bat, he's going to be quite a strong, uh, he might be one of their best hitters, frankly. Okay. Um, and so now let's jump into the playoff predictions. Who you got as the your three uh, wildcard teams in the American League? Definitely the Blue Jays. Definitely the Astros, since I picked the Mariners to win the division. And then my third pick is going to be between the Angels, Rangers, and Orioles. And I think I'm going with the... This is probably more hope than reality, but I'm really hoping for the Angels to pull that off. So I'm going to go with the Angels. I'm going to go with the Angels. So I'm going to take three teams out of the AL West, uh, two out of the East, and then the one garbage team out of the Central. Okay. I'm going to say the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and the Angels. Okay. So we have the same six playoff teams, I think, except for the Central. We have our garbage teams flipped. Yes. Uh, And so who got in the National League? So in the National League, I think, so if I remember correctly, I picked the Braves, the Cardinals, and the Padres. The Mets should make the playoffs. The the Mets should make the playoffs, but then it'll be an interesting competition for the other two spots between the the Dodgers, the Phillies, maybe the Brewers, although I feel like they'll be outside looking in, and then maybe the Diamondbacks. I'll, I'll give the nod to the Phillies and the Dodgers, but the Diamondbacks, the Giants, and the and the Brewers should all have should all be involved at least towards the end of the season. I agree. I have the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Phillies. Um, Dodgers, Mets, and Phillies. Okay. I think there's a universe where none of those three teams are in the wild card because, or at least where two of those three teams are not in the wild card because they win their division. Like I could see a universe where the Dodgers win the division. I could see the universe where the Mets win the division. Um, If Reese Hoskins was healthy, I could see a universe where the Phillies win the division, but I don't think that that universe exists because he's not healthy. Um, But I think those three wild card teams are all legitimate world series contenders. So you uh, when when you did your uh, standings, you added to make sure they all added to the right number of games, right? Yes. Because I still I'm still blown away that the Marlins are going to have 90 wins in the East and miss the playoffs. I did 162 minus how many games that I think they're going to win. So so does are there the right number? Are the number of wins in the league match up to the number of losses in the league? I think so. Every team plays 162 <laughs> games. Well, right, but I, I guess my point is, if, if you pick a bunch of teams that are ninety and is not every team can finish ninety and seventy-two because for every win there's a loss, right? Yes. Okay. Whatever. Right. Just, just checking because, just checking. I can send you my standings later, and you can tell me about <laughs> how badly my math was done. But whatever, we're not going into that right now. Uh, All right, so. Who you got in your AL wildcard series? All right. So in my hypothetical, geez. So I have to it's get the best ordering. Two out of three, right? Yes, it's best two out of three. I have to get the ordering down. Okay, this will be challenging. So in my hypothetical universe in the AL, I have the Yankees and the Mariners getting buys, which means the twins would get 
that Mar uh, the the angels, which I'm taking the angels unequivocally. Um, and then the other series would be Blue Jays, Astros, which would be a lot of fun. And I'll take the Astros in that series. So give me Astros and Angels to advance. Okay, I got the Mariners beating the Angels in a sweep. And then I got the Blue Jays beating the Guardians in a sweep um, to set up Astros, Blue Jays, Yankees, Mariners. Two really good series, I think. Um, and then, and so who you got in your ALDS? So my ALDS, so Yankees are one seed. They would play, they would play the winner of the four or five matchup. So they would play the Astro. Oh God, that's Yankees Astros. Give me Yankees. Give me the Yankees finally get to beat the Astros in the playoffs this year. And oh, then wow. the other side would be Angels versus uh, Mariners. And I'll take the Mariners there. That would be fun. So you got Yankees, Mariners, and the ALCS. Um, yep. I got the Astros beating the Blue Jays in four games. I got the Yankees beating the Mariners in five games. To set up a Yankees-Astros ALCS per usual. Um, and so who you got in your uh, Mariners-Yankees ALCS? Uh, definitely the Mariners. Definitely taking the Mariners. Okay. In how many games? Uh, Mariners in six. Okay, I got uh, the Astros beating the Yankees in um, six games. I think the uh, Astros are going back to the World Series. Yes, I'm telling you, I'm high on the Astros. Um, who you got in your National League Wild Card Series? Um, okay, so I my 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 Wild Card teams were the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Phillies. Um, I would have the Mets as the top of those teams. And the probably the Dodgers is the bottom of those teams. So the Dodgers would play the <laughs> Dodgers Cardinals in the in the wild card round is kind of unfair for all involved. Uh, but give me the give me the give me the Dodgers in that setup. The Cardinals get eliminated by the Dodgers in the wild card round. So give me the Dodgers in that matchup, and then give me the Mets over the Phillies in in the other wild card matchup. Okay. I got the uh, Cardinals beating the Phillies and the Dodgers beating the Mets. I think Dodgers-Mets in a wild card series could be really fun to watch, honestly. Yeah, it could be a lot of fun to see the Mets beat the Dodgers. <laughs> but I got the Dodgers beating the Mets in five. Or excuse me, sorry, in three games. Um, And then I got... So in who's in your NLDS? Remind the listeners. All right. So my NLDS, this would put the number one seeded uh, Padres. The Padres are my one seed. Mostly not because I think they're better than the Braves, but I think that the Padres are going to get a, have a slightly easier schedule than the Braves, and they'll be able to pick up some extra wins as a result. So the Padres is the one seed, would play the Mets, in my hypothetical and I'll take the Mets over the Padres and then 
What the hell? I like the Mac Mark. I like I like the Mets in a I like the Mets in a short in a, in a five game series. I think they have the I think they have the talent, frankly, and um, they're going to be a tough. The Mets are going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. It's not a homer pick. The Mets are a tough are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And then the other side of the the, of the ledger, we have Dodgers and the Braves, and I'll take the Braves over the Dodgers. So I'll set up a Mets Mets Braves NLCS. That would be fun. That would be fun. Also, the Mets are gonna get also the Mets are gonna get revenge on the Padres for what they did to them last year. So um are you gonna check uh, Musgrove's ears again because he's sweaty? It's just just a little bit. Just a little bit. We'll 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 have we'll have uh Mr. Met on it, you know. Oh, okay. Um I have the Padres beating the Dodgers in five games. I have the Braves beating the Cardinals in um in four games in the NLDS to set up a Padres, Braves, NLCS. Um and so who you got advancing to the World Series out of the uh Mets, Braves, NLCS? Mets, Braves, give me give me some Mets. It's a toss up, it's a toss up of a series. So I'll let the homerism. You're giving me the look like, are you seriously going to go the biased route? The Mets are a good team. You don't spend the most money. You're a Yankees fan. You understand. When you spend the most money in baseball by a wide margin, you tend to win championships with that way. So, you know, I, I they, they, they have the talent to do it. I dare you to play. For, I mean, Verlander has succeeded. I mean, look at what Verlander did in the playoffs last year. Look at what Scherzer has done in the playoffs in the past. I mean, this is like, this is a, as deep as the Mets rotation is, this rotation is going to live and die by those by those two and Kodai Senga. I mean, this that's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous rotation. I'm, and I mean, I, I would hate to face that in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's the best one through three, and that will be the best one through three in the playoffs by far. Yeah, I think that rotation is great, but I don't think that they're gonna. As I said, I think they're losing in the wild card series to the Dodgers. Um. I, and so in the NLCS, I have I think the NLCS is going to be really really good. Extra inning games, a lot of extra inning games, um, really tight, really back and forth. But the Padres win in Game Seven um, over the Braves. Okay, Just okay. So- I mean, Padres Padres should be a favorite to make the to win make the World Series. They should be. Yes, to set up a uh, Padres Astros World Series, um, the two one seeds, two best records in baseball, um, and I have. And so, who do you have winning the World Series? You can go first. My my Mets Mariners World Series, the World Series that everybody wants to see. Um, give me, give me the Mariners. Give me the Mariners in six. Okay, give me. This, this, this is a real. This is a really good Mariners team, and. I mean, I, I, you know, when you're when you're talking about predicting winners of random series six months in advance, I mean, it's it's a lot of touchy feely stuff because in reality, all of this is crazy random. And look what the Phillies did last year, right? I mean, that they weren't predicted to do any of this. I so mean, I mean, it's a lot of touchy feely stuff. Yeah. So how fun would it be? I mean, how much media hype do you think the Mariners are going to get from you know being in a World Series, and how great of a story would that be? And It'd just be a lot of fun and as and also i mean the mets like to lose to non-big market <laughs> al teams in world series um so 
Kansas City did it to us in 2015, and the Mariners will do it to us in 2023. Okay. And then you're going to be crying in, on the season recap podcast, or pretty much. I don't know if you'll. I, I don't know if I'll be available for that podcast. Okay. Um, All right. Who do you got winning your wins? I got the Padres beating the Astros in seven. Um, who is your World Series MVP? Uh, for the Mariners. Oh, definitely J Rod. I mean, definitely, definitely Julio Rodriguez. It has to I be. like him. Uh, he's so much fun. I mean, he's. I think I, he might be a little overhyped this year. I, I, I don't think he's going to do as well as I think people are. I don't think he's going to be an MVP candidate. And I think that's what a lot of people are expecting of him. I don't think that's where he is at. Um, I expect him to be, if I had to give him, if I had to give like a, a career trajectory comp, I would say slightly ahead of where Randy Rosarino was, which is still quite a good player, which is still quite a really good player, but not MVP. I disagree. I think he's an MVP. I think he's, I don't think he's going to win an MVP this year, but I think he's, I mean, just to spoil my you know award picks, which we'll get to in a second, I think he's going to be a really good ball player. I think he's going to be – I'm not saying he's Mike Trout, but I'm saying he's in that, like, tier below with, like, Pete Alonzo and Aaron Judge and, you know, I think – I would put Juan Soto in that top tier with, um, with Trout and Otani, but I think – He's in that tier below. Okay. Um, and so my World Series MVP is Juan Soto. Uh, That'd be fun. Juan Soto going off in the playoffs, as long as it's not against the Mets. Juan Soto going off in the playoffs would be fun. The two biggest contracts, just to preview bold predictions a little bit, the two biggest contracts in sports history will be signed this offseason, I believe, in baseball. Like By who? By Otani and um, Soto. Oh, you by Otani and Soto. Okay, is Soto a free agent? Yes. I didn't know that. Well, wouldn't that be something? That would be that would be something else. Um, yeah, Juan Soto should when he, when he does reach free agency should command pretty significant money for sure. And I mean, Otani will, for, I mean, as long as Otani's healthy, Otani will as well. Yes. I think Otani is going to make $500 million. So just to be clear, I'm looking ahead at on, on spot track and it looks like Soto still has one more year after this year, which is what I thought. Yeah. Soto is not an unrestricted free agent until 2025. Okay. Yeah, he still but he's has got the one year deal this year. Arbitration deal. So he has one more year of arbitration left. Okay. Yeah, he yeah, he he still yeah, he still has another he has still has another year left. Okay. So I retract my statement about the two contracts. Um but he I mean you're not necessarily wrong though. Soto, I mean, Soto said he doesn't want to sign an extension. But if he does sign an extension, he, he still might sign one of the largest extensions in the history of MLB. Yes. Um, and so 
We're going to move ahead now to uh, award predictions. Um, who's your American League and National League uh, MVPs? All right, I'll start with the American League. The only universe where Shohei Otani doesn't win AL MVP is two universes. One, he gets hurt. Two, he gets traded to a National League team and thus can't win MVP in either league because he doesn't have enough plate appearances. Those are the only two universes where he doesn't win MVP. So it's Shohei Otani in the AL unequivocally. Now, this, that's who should win it. Who will win it? Well, if someone does something like Aaron Judge did last year, even if it's not better than Otani, if it's a story that sells, I mean that that sells from a history perspective, that'll that'll come in. That'll come. Judge was play. better than Otani. I'm about no, to flip this table. What do you mean he was better? By what metric? Tell me he one had 62 stat. Sixty-two home runs. It set a Yankee franchise record. How many? How many players did he strike out pitching? Oh yeah, none. Like it's an apples that what what, Trout, what, I mean, what what Judge did last year was incredible, but if you go by any objective metric, he didn't lead baseball like in WAR or anything. He didn't. I mean, if if Shohei Otani didn't do what he did the year before, even with Judge hitting sixty two home runs. Otani still would have won MVP. It's only because we had just seen Otani do that same thing that we didn't get that. Okay. So, I so I'm going. I mean, it, it should. I mean, the MVP should be Shohei Otani, frankly, in a universe where where there isn't a, a 62 home run season or a triple crown or something that the media sells as as being really really cool, which it was really really cool, but. That, that's not the word isn't doesn't go to the, the person does or it shouldn't go to the person who does the coolest thing goes to the best it should go to the best player so right. so give me otani in the al and then the nl is tougher i mean i think it's arenado's year this year but arenado freddie freeman trey turner is not out of the question um and uh francisco lindor if he puts together a if he puts together a career offensive season he has the MVP because his defense is that good. So give me, give me, give me Arenado, but Lindor, Turner, and Freeman are also kind of in the periphery. Okay. I got uh, Shohei Otani in the AL and Trey Turner in the NL. I think Trey Turner is going to have a big year. He's going to carry his World Baseball Classic into the season um, and have a huge season. And Shohei Otani will do Shohei Otani things. I just, I just don't know. Trey Turner's career home run high is 28. I don't know if a 28 home run season wins an MVP. With great I mean, he has, with I mean, I, I, I think it should, but I'm not the one who's voting. So I think it should win. How do we get you a vote? How do we um, convince the baseball writers that you're a writer? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. You would think that my, my, four years presenting at Sabre consecutively would earn me a vote, but you know, that's, that's a, that's a different, that's a different animal. The BBWA. Oh, right there, buddy. Hey, you know, Hey, we're talking about getting me an MVP. We're talking about getting me a vote for the MVP. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta lay out my resume. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, it's, you know, you, you got to protect the old Kamachi guy who wants to vote for whoever has the most RBIs. You got to protect those guys, but yeah, 
<laughs> Who you got winning your Cy Youngs? Who the Cy Young? Um, well, Sandy is the obvious choice in the NL, just because if he repeats what he did last year, it's going to be hard for anyone to match it. Zach Wheeler is really interesting, though. Zach Wheeler, if, if he's healthy the full year, he's going to challenge Sandy. Um, I don't trust Verlander or Scherzer to stay healthy the whole the whole year to to get to the number of innings they need to 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 even come close to comparing. Um, so I think it's Sandy's to lose, but with Zach Wheeler as a really, really, really interesting uh, dark horse. And I don't even know. I don't even know if he's a dark horse. He's probably in the top five in terms of what people expect coming into the year. So give me those two. Uh, but with Sandy getting the nod in the AL, I think it's time to go back to Garrett Cole. Um, I, I, I think and Garrett Cole is still an elite pitcher. And I think we've forgotten that to some extent. Garrett Cole is going to have a, have, I think he's going to have a monster year. I think it's going to be helped by the fact that he doesn't, he's going to play fewer games against the AL central or he'll play fewer games against the NL, AL, AL East hitters and more games against the AL central pitchers which blows my mind how that's not been factored into all this the past few years, how the central pitchers have been given such a huge advantage in the Cy Young races because they get to face some of the worst hitters in baseball at a way more consistent rate. Now that we're getting slightly more balanced schedules, I think that the, that the, the elite pitchers on the coast are going to feast on the central hitters, and that's going to benefit Garrett Cole. So I'm going to go Garrett Cole as my AL Cy Young. Okay, I also have Garrett Cole as my AL Cy Young. I think he's going to have to carry the Yankees' rotation at points, especially early in this season, while the Yankees' rotation is dealing with a lot of injuries um, to, you know, Rodon and Severino and Montas, who I think Montas sucks, by the way. Um, but we can get into that later. Um, and I in the NL, give me Max Freed. You know I'm high on the Braves. You know I'm really high on the Braves, and I think he's the best pitcher on the Braves. Yep, I think he, I think he's a he's a really good pitcher. I don't think he's in the echelon where some of those other guys are though. Like I don't think he's also give good me a healthy shirt. What? Also good for the Jews. <laughs> so a little, a little a little homerism in the AL and a little religionism in the NL. Yes. No, I no. <laughs> I take that back. Actually, as I said, <laughs> I'm high on both players. And I think both players are two of the, I would say, top five best pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. Um, and uh, and so, who you got for your rookie of the years? Well, I I, I already spoiled my NL guy. It's Kodai Senga. Um, that's that feel. I mean, that's he he really is that good of a pitcher and it, it's not going to be fair that he gets to be considered because Corbin Carroll is going to have a good season. Uh, these are a few players who are going to, are going to be exciting, but it's going to be Senga. Um, not a question. Let me hear your NL is before I jump to AL. Uh, Jordan Walker from the um, Cardinals. I think he's going to be really good this year. I think he's going to have a huge season. I think he's going to win the rookie of the year. I, I love me. I love me some Jordan Walker. I, I think he still he might need a little more time to develop. So I like I like him going forward. I don't know how much I love him this year, but I love him going forward. Um, I think he I, he can rake. Um I mean, you know, 
last year in double A, he hit uh, 306 with uh, 19 home runs, 68 RBIs, you know, 55 walks. Needs to cut down on the strikeouts. Struck out last year in double A 116 times. Needs to cut down on that. But 22 stolen bases. I think he's the National League Rookie of the Year. Okay. He can feast on off-speed pitches, you know. He's 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 gonna be he's gonna be a a really nice player for the for the Cardinals. I I, I just wonder if it's gonna be now or later, you know. Yeah. I just don't I don't know I don't know if his developmentally he's he's at that point just yet, but we'll see we'll see. Um, okay, so I told you I'd give you my AL pick. Part of me wants to take another pitcher, even with Grayson Rodriguez's service time being manipulated. I I do like Grayson Rodriguez a lot on the pitching side. But I'm going to, for the sake of not giving two pitchers, because I can't imagine a world where two pitchers win rookie of the year. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a toss up between Gunnar Henderson and kind of a dark horse guy in Royce Lewis. And you might be like, Royce Lewis, what are you talking about? He's still rookie eligible and he's still prospect eligible. <laughs> and despite all the injuries he's had to deal with, he is he will be a very, very solid major league player. Um, so Royce Lewis would be kind of my dark horse pick, but I'll, I'll go Gunnar Henderson. Oh, or sorry. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go Gunnar Henderson. I'll take the obvious pick in Gunnar Henderson. He's the betting favorite for the AL rookie of the year. Um, and he'll get the playing time from day one to, to, to rack up the stats. And I think he'll be him along with Adley are going to be a really strong punch in that Orioles rejuvenated Orioles offense. Okay. My, uh, AL rookie of the year, um, you're Don't say Volpe. To... Don't say Volpe. Don't do it. Okay, then I'm Don't... not speaking. Let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> you know, he could. I mean, if, if, because he's a New York Yankee, if he has a really good, a, a solid season, he'll win it just because he's a New York Yankee. Because the, the media will, because the media will hype him up so much. If he comes out the first two months of the season and is a god. And then as an average player the rest of the season, he's winning rookie of the year because that those first two seasons will carry him to the award. Uh, okay. He's the uh, youngest Yankee to uh, start on opening day since a uh, 21 year old, uh, 20, 200. He's 21 years old, in 336 days. He's the youngest Yankee to start on opening day since a 21 year old, 281 day old, Derek Jeter in 1996. You know, uh, you know the last Yankee shortstop who got compared to Derek Jeter. Uh, Didi Gregorius. So let's let's. Didi was a good Yankee. Didi was not Derek <laughs> Jeter, certainly, but Didi was a good Yankee. He was a very good Yankee. I like Didi Gregorius a lot. Well, if Volpe ends up being Didi Gregorius, you'll be very disappointed. Yes. We expect him to be Derek Jeter. He's a New York, you know, he's from New Jersey. <laughs> apparently, I don't know if this is true, but apparently my brother's girlfriend's brother knows him. Your Which, brother's girlfriend's right. brother. All right. <laughs> so that's like a lot of, you know, steps, but, you know. Yeah, so my friend's brother's girlfriend's brother <laughs> knows Volpe. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's that that's that's going to be the seven degrees connection of, of our wikipedia pages yes <laughs> connect jeremy losak to a anthony volpe 
<laughs> He's the first Yankee um to Yankee rookie to start on opening day since Brett Gardner in 2009. Another good Yankee, like Didi Gregorius. Not a Derek Jeter Yankee, obviously, but another good Yankee. Um, and so I think he's going to have a big year, and I think he's going to win the uh, Rookie of the Year. I think I, if we're speaking at the same exact time next year, Jason Dominguez, I think, will be my pick. But we'll see what happens with him. Okay, we'll see. Um, and so who's your uh, manager of the year in both leagues? I'm going to skip this question because I think I've told you how irrelevant manager of, this, uh, manager of the year is as an award, and it should be disbanded and it shouldn't exist. And any Why? discussion of it just propagates its existence because it's nonsensical, because the media how? doesn't observe what they actually do. They don't. They don't observe what happens. They don't observe what happens inside the club. They don't observe what happens in terms of character growth and player development and player decision and all that. All they observe is, is how well the team does. And the award is essentially whichever manager outperforms their ex- Pythagorean win percentage. That's it. That's the award. Okay. And honestly, so why shouldn't we reward with, that? That has more to do with the GM than it does the manager. No, it the doesn't. GM builds the roster. The GM builds the roster. Absolutely. Yes, the GM builds the roster. But this is some new age bullshit from you. Uh, <laughs> with all due respect. <laughs> Because I know you want to know why manager you want to know why manager I'm going to cut you off because you want to know why manager of the year is bullshit because 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 it is possible to win the award one year which supposed to me supposed to mean that you're an elite manager you're the best manager in the sport and then you lose then you get fired the next year you don't see MVPs getting cut from the roster. You don't see gold glovers or Cy Youngers get cut from the roster, but you see winners of manager of the year get fired the next year all the time. What does that tell you? It means that the award's not given to the best manager. That's what that means. Case in point, Mike drop. So who would Let's you see as the best manager in baseball right now? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I love me some Buck Showalter. I love me some Buck Showalter. I don't think um, Buck is that good. I love uh I think I could manage the Mets and we would make the playoffs. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um I love Joe Madden when he was still kicking about. I love um, Joe, Joe Madden. Madden. I think he's a great manager. Joe Madden was a manager. Everyone else is just kind of blocked. Like everyone else is they're, they're good, fine, I guess. Like there's not really that much that much that differentiates in baseball. In other sports, managers matter. Way I more think managers in matter in baseball. I think it's yes, it's the GM's job to build the roster, but it's the manager's job to put them out on the field to make to make you know strategic decisions during the game. It's the manager's job to make everybody buy in. Okay, to one but the manager, to... the manager is not the only one who makes those decisions. They're not. You have you have you have dozens of people working for the team that essentially make most of the strategic decisions or guide most of the strategic decisions for the team. So, but again, that doesn't get captured in the award. So okay. giving it to a single individual, it just, it just, it just seems totally just nonsensical. Okay. I, uh, I disagree with you, but we could wow. talk about this all day. Um, <laughs> yes, we could. 
So very quickly, in my picks for manager of the year are Brandon Hyde in the American League from the Baltimore Orioles and David Ross from the Chicago Cubs in the National League. I could see that, given that you expect both of those teams to do well well better than they're expected to do. I could see that. Those those make sense in terms of what the award is. You asked me earlier, um, or off the air, you asked me earlier, I think this is a more fun question, who I, th- who I think gets fired. Um, I think that's a fun question. Frankly. Okay, so who, you, uh, who do you think gets fired first? David, David Bell from the Reds seems like an obvious choice because the Reds are going to be really bad, and he's been there long enough that he could feasibly be fired. Um, so David Bell makes a lot of sense. I think in terms of contending, so who would be next year, like this year's uh, Joe Girardi, like who's a, who's a manager on a contending team that can get fired? I would say if Seattle disappoints, Scott Surveys is probably on the chopping block. Yes. And I would say, and I would say that if the Yankees start off weak, Aaron Boone is going to be on the on the chopping block. I don't, I don't think they. I don't necessarily. I don't think they will get fired, but I think of the contending managers, they are the most likely ones not to last the full season. I think if I was Hal Steinbrenner, I would have fired Aaron Boone and um, and Brian Cash before the season even started. As soon as they got swept by the Astros, <laughs> I would have called them into the office and sent them packing. But with that being said, I think if they disappoint this year, they're gone. Um, like if they don't make the World Series this year, they're both gone. Um, I think the first manager to be fired is going to be Alex Cora. Ooh, okay, okay. I could I could see that too. Boston's going, except I think expectations are fairly low in Boston. So as long as they don't have like a fried chicken fiasco, <laughs> or as long as they're not like ten and thirty or ten and forty record wise, like if if they're playing within four hundred baseball, my guess is he'll last the season. Because um, I mean, again, he's. The Red Sox are not built to win this year, frankly. So, and I, I think everyone knows that too. Um, and just to preview a bold prediction really quickly, um, which we'll get to in a second, we'll name um, ALNL Comeback Player of the Year. But, um, and then we'll get to bold predictions and then we'll wrap this up. Um, I think my one of my bold predictions, and it's a complete joke, obviously, I'm not serious is that uh, in a Fenway sports group trade, the um, Red Sox trade Alex Cora for Jurgen Klopp, um, who, promptly <laughs> leads, uh, who promptly leads the Red Sox to a 10-game uh, winning streak in mid-July. Love it. <laughs> and then Alex Cora starts the 22-23, or excuse me, the 23-24 Premier League season on a six-game losing streak and gets sacked by um, Liverpool. Well, not not much love for you for Alex Cora. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think of my uh, Cora for Klopp trade? You know, in a hypothetical universe where that's even feasible, <laughs> let alone possible, um, I I could I can get behind it. I think it has some validity. <laughs> You'll need some Doctor Strange multiverse uh, madness going on, but I think, I, I mean, otherwise it's, it's just totally doable. Yes. Um, and so uh, who's your ALN and now comeback player of the year? Ooh, comeback player. That's always a tough award because it's like who was basically irrelevant and becomes relevant again. I really hope, I mean, Trey Mancini can't be it because he kind of was and wasn't. He's, he's tough. 
I think the whites, I think uh, if, if what's his name for the White Sox, the relief pitcher with cancer currently, um, uh, Liam Hendricks. I think if he comes back um, and apparently, apparently signs are looking like he might actually pitch half the season this year. The White Sox didn't put him on the 60-day IL, which means they half expect him to be back in a month or so. If he comes back and pitches dominant, I think that that storyline will carry. That's true. Um, I didn't think about that. So I, I thought about that. Uh, another question is, can a reliever win the award? And the answer is probably not. But why? Um, so yeah, why? I think uh, because they don't. They, they, they don't. Their impact on the game is just not as notable as like starters or or offensive players. Um, and then that's that's probably fair. But he'd be he'd be a really interesting guy to think about um, for that award. Um, on the NL side, NL side's tough too. Jeez. Um, I got, you said Jock Peterson earlier. That resonates with me. So I'll roll with Jock. I probably stole your pick, but I'll go with Jock Peterson. He, he did not steal my pick. But okay. okay. Well, Jock Peterson, Jock Peterson certainly has the potential to bounce back and be a comeback player. And I'll go with Jock. Give me Jock. And actually, I give me Wander Franco in the AL because Wander Franco, if he puts up star player type numbers, can, can jump into that award. Okay, I think uh, in the American League, give me Anthony Rendon. You know, I think the Angels are going to make the playoffs for the first time in a while, um, and I think he's going to be a big part of that. I don't think – I think if he has a bad year, they miss the playoffs. If he has a good year, they make the playoffs. I think it hinges on him. Um, I think it really significantly hinges on him. Um, I can see that. And then in the National League, Cody Ballinger is my pick. I spoke about that earlier. I think Cody Bellinger is going to be a good player again this year for some reason. I don't know why. I, and I mean, it's that's why it's a bold take. This is why I mean, we could be sitting here. Ooh, did I did I say Jack Peterson? I meant Cody Bellinger. Okay, the, the two mix in my head sometimes. I, I that 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 I thought I, I thought I I meant uh, Cody Bellinger. Sorry about that. You're good. Uh, no, I did I did steal your pick. Yes. Um. But uh, yeah, I think. I don't know why. I just think I just have a weird like, and I mean, maybe, you know, we could be sitting here in November recording this podcast saying, what the hell was I thinking? Um, But, you know, he's my pick for comeback player of the year. The other obvious comeback player of the year candidate is Michael Conforto. Yeah. That he didn't play at all last year. Um, and he'll have the at-bats. He'll have the opportunity to do it in San Francisco. When San Francisco inexplicably wins 95 games, it'll be probably because of Michael Conforto. So, And then he wins the award by default. Yes. Um, and so now we're going to move ahead here to uh, bold predictions. Um, I have three. I already told you one of them, the Alex Cora for Jurgen Klopp trade. <laughs> <laughs> and so give me a uh, bold prediction. All right, we'll start with one I kind of I gave it earlier, but I'll still start with it. There will be four. There will be at least four teams, and potentially all five teams in the AL Central with below five hundred records. And the, whoever wins the AL Central will have under eighty-five wins. Wow, that's a bold, so bold prediction. Bold prediction number one. Um, my first bold prediction is that uh, Christian Yelich gets traded at the deadline to the Baltimore Orioles for their number seven overall prospect, the number 10 overall prospect, and the number 15 overall prospect. 
Okay, I like that. Um, okay, my next my next take. The Dodgers will not clinch a playoff spot until the last weekend of the season. Huh. Okay. I could see that. That's interesting. What makes you say that? I know you're not high on the uh, Dodgers at all. I'm not. I'm not high on the Dodgers at all. I think it's going to be the Phillies, Dodgers, and Brewers, and potentially the Diamondbacks fighting it out for the last two wild card spots. And and I think it's going to be fairly close. All 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 four. I mean, at least three of those teams are going to be hovering around 90 wins. And I think it's going to take 90 wins to get the three wild card spots in the NL. If so, the and I think the Dodgers. Or sorry, my bad. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think the Dodgers are going to be right on that cusp. If the Dodgers miss the playoffs, they say fuck you and sign Otani and sign like you know the other two top players in the free agent class and just say we're not in the playoffs again. Very likely, yeah. That they'll they'll make Steve Cohen look like uh look like the bargain bin at 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 like Coles. <laughs> um, my second um bold prediction. Um, despite the idea that the, um, angels, this is kind of on the opposite side of the angels doing well. Like if they are struggling, this bold prediction that the, that the Mets get Shohei Otani for their top prospect, Francisco Alvarez, their second ranked prospect, Brett Batty, their fourth ranked prospect, Alex Ramirez, sixth, Ronnie Mauricio, Seventh, Blake Blade Tidewell. Fourteenth, Nick Morabito. Fifteenth, Jose Buto, and Jeff McNeil. That would be the worst trade in Mets history if they did that. I don't think Why? they do that because you're trading like like four top prospects for a half season rental. But I think and Jeff McNeil for a half. But that's but that's irrelevant. And then let's wait four months. And then sign him to a five hundred million dollar contract, and not give up our four four prospects and Jeff McNeil. No, that trade's but insane. That's not happening. But if you're going to trade for him, you're gonna, he's going to the Angels are going to demand the entire farm because he's you know a two way no player. Gonna, he's doing this stuff we have they've never seen before. But nobody in baseball is going to give him that. No, nobody in baseball is going to give them more than one top prospect because he's a half season rental. If you can get one top twenty prospect for Shohei Otani right now, that probably that's probably about right because what nobody. If, what? What if you say we're gonna get you and we'll sign you to an extension? But why should that matter? Like, why should I have to pay you more? Why should I have to get? Why should the Angels get? Uh, why should the Angels get additional prospects because I signed him to a six hundred million dollar deal or five hundred million dollar deal? I could do that in free agency. Just wait till free agency. If you're going to offer him the most, Shoyo Tani is going to sign with the team that offers him the most. If you're going to offer him the most in an extension, you might as well just wait the extra couple of months and preserve your system. Okay. Yeah, that trade's not happening. Maybe, maybe, maybe one of those, maybe one of those players and like two lower level prospects, but you're not getting, you're not, you're not trading Alvarez. I wouldn't do Alvarez. Honestly, I wouldn't do Alvarez for Otani straight up unless it was right now. If it was right now, I would do it like beginning of the season. If I get the whole season of Otani, I would do it. I would not do that. I would not do it for two months in playoffs of Otani for a top five prospect in baseball. Would not do it. Even if it gets some other you make the World Series, like you we've spoke about earlier, you pick the best to make the World Series. It guarantees it almost guarantees that bat that arm in your you know, that bat in your lineup, that rotation 
or excuse me, that arm in your rotation to make the World Series. Sure, that'd be nice, but one, it can't do that. You've never seen the Mets make the World Series, or excuse me, win the World Series. You're right, but get, trading for Otani doesn't guarantee us anything. There's Obviously, no guarantees. It guarantee us anything. It doesn't guarantee anybody anything. Right, exactly. So I'm not so so the so I mean yes, if it guaranteed us a spot, sure, but it doesn't because the playoffs are random and a crapshoot. So I'm not trading my top prospect. My I'm not trading a top five prospect in baseball and our future catcher for two seasons, two and a half months of Otani when we're gonna when we're gonna sign him to a five hundred plus million dollar contract anyway, which we will almost surely do. Okay. Um, I hope he becomes a Yankee, by the way, but I know that Steve Cohen is going to pay him like $500 billion a year. And so, you know, Shohei Otani will not be a Yankee. He's going to be a Mets, a Dodgers, a, Do- a Met, a Dodger, or an Angel. One of those three. Why? Well, because those are the only three that are going to give him that kind of money. The Padres would if they didn't already have as much committed as they already do. So the Padres are out. But I, I suppose the Giants are a possibility, but I don't see Otani going to the Giants. Um the Giants are too much of a disaster show as of right right now for Otani to want to do that. Otani wants to also he wants to go where there's the most money and he also wants to make the playoffs. I so, think Steve Cohen won't be denied. I think he's gonna give him five hundred gajillion dollars a year for the next seven hundred years and you know um that'll be it. So I'll be and I'll be fine with that. It's not my money, so give me some. I'm obviously time. exaggerating, you know. You might be. You <laughs> <laughs> might be an exaggeration. Just slightly, just just slightly. Hmm. Uh, and so, do you have another bold uh, take? This one's not as I think not as wild as the other ones, but I think a pitcher who I really really like this year, who I think is going to get top 10 voting in the AL Cy Young, Drew Rasmussen from the Rays. I think he's going to be a top 10 pitch. I think he's going to, I think he's going to get some Cy Young votes this year. Um, and he'll be one of the very nice bright spots of the Tampa Bay Rays. So give me Drew Rasmussen, give me shares of Drew Rasmussen. Um, if you're, if you're investing a player at home, he's, he's my guy this year. Okay. I think, um, that's interesting. Ike is going to be good this year. I don't know if he's going to be top 10 Cy Young good, but I think he's going to be, you know, and I'm not that high on the Rays anyway, as you know. Um, and so my next bold take um, is in direct response to the Otani to the Mets for, you know, a boatload of prospects trade, which we've discussed. But the Yankees respond by acquiring at least two of Zach Gallen, Corbin Burns, Sandy Alcantara, Brian Reynolds, Cody Bellinger, Joe Adele, and Chris Bryant. That would require a lot of that would require Milwaukee to be selling. Yes. Uh, that would require Miami to be selling, which that one's a little more like. But in your scenario where the Marlins win 90 games, they're not trading. They're not trade. They're not. They're not trading Sandy. So can't have it both ways, Max. Either Marlins are winning ninety games, or he's trading. He's getting. He's getting traded to the Yankees. I would um, kill him but, to be the Yankee. Are you kidding me? I love him. He's one of my favorite pitchers in baseball. <laughs> and like, if he became a Yankee, I'd be so excited. I think he would immediately be 
if not one, two. He's not one. Cole is one. Cole is one for the rest of his contract. But he's two. I would put him ahead of Rodon. I would too. Oh no, I think he'd be great. I just don't see a scenario where where the Marlins are really good and they trade him. Same thing with the Brewers. Like the Brewers, there is a world in which the Brewers are bad. And honestly, if the Brewers were run like the Tampa Bay Rays, Corbin Burns would have already been traded. Brandon Woodruff would have already been traded. Um, they don't want to do that. I mean, if they're out of contention, they might. But I, again, I think I expect them to be kind of on the periphery of the wild card chase and therefore not trading those guys. So I, I just don't know who's going to be. The, 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 the trade market's going to be really weak this year. So many players have already been signed to extensions. It's essentially Brian Reynolds, Shoei Otani, and then everybody else. Yes. Like there is there there is just not good trade options to be had this year. I think it's more likely that Brian Ryan Reynolds is a Yankee than it is that any of the pitchers you just named are Yankees, frankly. Okay. Um I would trade for half a season of J- of um Otani. I wouldn't trade Jason Dominguez, I would have trade Volpe, but every Wait single a minute, you other- think that's the trade. You want the Mets to trade the entire farm system and Jeff McNeil, but oh no, the Yankees, Dominguez is off limits, even though Dominguez is a lower ranked prospect than three of the guys you mentioned for the Mets. Oh, and oh, and and yeah, you want to <laughs> Yeah, okay. I see how it is, Max O'Neill. I think um I think sometimes, you know, in a fantasy world, imagine an outfield. Next season, imagine we're previewing ahead of opening day next season. Imagine a world um, in which the Yankees left to right in the outfield is, you know, I mean, you know, if we're going bold, why don't we just say, fuck it and say that the New York Yankees require Shohei Otani from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for Josh Donaldson, Aaron Hicks, and Isaiah Kiner for Leffa. Sounds, sounds like a fair exchange. I agree. <laughs> But I'm had I you know I would love there's nothing I would love more than a um um opening day podcast next year with you and me where we're talking about the New York Yankees outfield from left to right of Otani um, Dominguez Judge Otani's playing outfield now every day I think he could. He could, I mean, he would do both, you know, a left. Great, great idea. Throw your, throw your $600 million guy in, in the outfield. Um, good idea. Great idea. The day after he pitches. Yeah. Let's, let's let him throw a bullet from the outfield. Great, Shut up. great idea. Shut up. You know, Max, Max O'Neill manager of the year right here. That, that, yeah. that's, that's what I'm taking away from this conversation. Um, And so, no. <laughs> I think that'll just about do it. Um, unless you have anything else, Jeremy. Uh, nope. That's that conversation's how all good podcasts should end. I agree. Um, and so, thanks for coming on, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, of course, I will keep all of the listeners, um, up to date on the uh, return of um Empire Sports Talk. But uh, this is Empire Sports Talk two point Um. And so thank you for joining me, Jeremy. This has been Max O'Neill. Have a good baseball season, everybody. We'll be back soon. Thank you. Have a good one.